0: You're listening to Artist in Residence A Pantograph Punch Podcast Produced in collaboration with 10 artists from Aotearoa Working across music, theatre, poetry and dance Each podcast is a completely different immersive performance and our artists were given the provocation to help you with something you might be feeling in isolation and as we slowly transition out of it. This episode, entitled Seven Suns, is created and performed by interdisciplinary artist C. Francis Duncan to be listened to when you feel out of time. Listen to this while somewhere under the sun, wherever that may be. Headphones recommended. Can you... can you hear me? Hello? Uh... hello? Wait... Wait, can we just... can we stop... Can we just...
1: um... My... hang on, my microphone's not working.
0: You can, can you hear
1: me now? Okay, okay, wait. I'm just wondering, before we start, do you have the time? Wait, actually, don't look. I don't need to know. Time is an unpartitioned whole, An orange in its skin. We revolve around the orange, not looking directly at it, but at the things it allows us to see. Do you have the time? You can do what you want with it. Slice it up. Give it away. You don't have to spend it here. Notice the time it takes for the orange to sink down and up again. Seven ups and seven downs. We call that a week. Would you like to watch it pass with me? Today is the first day of the so-called week, I am watching the sun go down. What does a sunset sound like? I can't hear it, it is hiding behind clouds. Flying bugs loop and bomb in a swarm, as though puppeteered by an unseen force. My attention is selective. I am looking for patterns. In the face of an uncertain future, I look for familiar lines, ticks, twitches, a foothold, an anchor. Nature teems in small pockets around me. The valley is alive with the song of Kore Or was that just my phone ringing? The Japanese artist On Kawara sent postcards to friends stamped with the message, I got up. Another series read only the words, I am still alive. I admire these incessant assertions that simply being, i.e. not not being, might be enough. He also made a book that lists the million years leading up to and the million years following that very book's conception. Call me cynical, but I don't think we'll be around to see the end of that one. The work hinges on a neat sense of completion that I cannot grasp. In my world, everything leaks. My sense of where and when something begins and ends is blurry and drawn, like light fading in and out of the sky. I watch a video meme of a woman sweeping at the sea with a broom. The text reads the question, how is your manuscript going? It might as well read, how is anything going? Like trying to sweep up the sea. Still, I read and reread myself constantly just to know I exist and express what small orders on the chaos of life I can. I sit and I watch the sunset. On the second day, I walk the dog. I try not to think about the sun at any other time than during its setting. It's not hard, because I take it for granted until it threatens to leave. The hills in the distance look the same as yesterday, but I know they are not. I have a recurring memory of the cold winter gym at high school, naked calves and barefoot slapping against the old wood floor as we run back and forth to catch up with a beep. The time between beeps lessens, and as such, passes faster the more tired we become. Failure is inevitable. I am ready to give up as soon as we start. Now the days drift by with fewer beeps, yet the air feels thicker, as though oxygen is more valuable, or the minutes more dense. My mother once told me that memory becomes worse with age because we have so many sensations logged. Like a computer overloaded with data, spinning its rainbow wheel. I don't hear birdsong this evening, only the heavy breathing of the dog, my feet on the pavement, and the high pitched ringing in my ears a relentless call to attention. I watch for the cat abandoned by an old neighbor and am grateful she is the worst of our worries. It is the third day. I almost miss the sunset because I am talking to a friend on the phone. We both lie in bed while we talk, though it's the middle of the afternoon. She says she feels nothing beneath her, like maybe she might be nothing herself, beyond touch. There is chimney smoke collecting in the air, the sweet smell of autumn wood cloud cover hangs damp in the sky over the valley. It's beautiful. I wish I could show you. My friend and I talk for a long time. I do not know how long. Where I live in a small city near to the southern ocean, the sun takes hours to set. My weather app tells me that the sun will set at 5.29pm. In actual fact, starts around four in the afternoon and doesn't finish till close to seven. Sitting and listening while the sun sets there is a siren in the distance accompanied by the violent tear of a straining engine. It sounds normal. A remote emergency is part of the everyday soundscape of a city. A crisis so distant it fails to disturb. The days are short in winter. winter is on the way sirens in the dark I must remember to call my grandmother On the fourth day, I learn that the word disaster comes from the ancient Greek prefix literally meaning bad star." I watch a string of disaster documentaries about sinking ships and volcanoes erupting, longing to find a locus, a vessel, a form for disaster, a source body for this invisible sickness. I see the sunset from my bed. I only feel my body when it is in pain. Fear and relief cohabit as I scan headlines announcing tightened borders, exclusion becoming law. I watch footage of a crowded boat nicknamed the Grey Ghost, packed tight with 16,000 soldiers crossing the Atlantic from the US during World War II. Boats full of Jewish refugees coming the other way were denied entry. Policy always looks for a source body, a scapegoat. I am half asleep, dreaming of a boat flooded with blood. A documentary about the sinking of the cruise ship Costa Concordia captures multiple survivors saying, It was exactly like the movie Titanic. It was like being in the movie. But it's not a movie. It's not a movie.
0: (laughs) I'm not going to be
1: On the fifth day, I watch from a local park in the company of dog walkers. Trees are raining burnt orange and yellow leaves onto the dew. The grass is so flat, I could not tell you the length of the field. The old bluestone stables cast flat as a postcard against the autumn hill. A woman calls for her unleashed dog. He's in futile pursuit of a pair of paradise ducks. Elby, that's him. It sounds like she's singing. That's me, you hear, whispering. She's singing Elby, 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 come on. <coughs> Seagulls scream in the car park outside the supermarket. I don't know if they often do this or if I'm only noticing now I'm cued with 30 others on a Thursday evening. Chess pieces in the authorised squares. I see the empty flower stand. Where are all those flowers, grown and harvested for florists around the country? Will they remain uncut for four weeks, growing rank and limp? And good news. The neighbor's missing cat shows up at sunset. It's the sixth day. The sunset is spectacular. I'm on an island, in a real-time video game, immersed in a virtual utopia, where the only sickness has a cure easily purchased looping around the limits of the island again and again. I collect resources and trinkets to trade, sell, and gift. Between wave after wave of recurrent platitudes, a small daily event changes the order of play, a challenge, an arrival. I turn and run the perimeter of the island in a new direction, first clockwise, then anti-clockwise. It holds memories of a world before the virus. Memory is the, the lining of forgetting, of forgetting I think someone said. someone said. In times of crisis, we cling to banal sentiment, nostalgia, memories of simple comfort. In the game, I am present, but also elsewhere. But don't, for a second, consider the sunset as unreal, or not real enough. I have seen the face of horror. I am still alive. It's the seventh day. I watch the sunset from high on a hill, overlooking the harbour. A small family nibble at fish and chips, while someone else's dog lingers, hopefully. There's a cluster of suburbs at the mouth of the harbour. They hinge the city to a long peninsula, stretching southeast like an arm. They're built on reclaimed marshland that is slowly sinking, troubled by the threat of flood and erosion after yearly winter batterings. I imagine them underwater, peninsula torn off from the mainland like a hangnail. Balustrades and verandas awash in salt, growing ridges like seashells with age. The earth runs on its own time. Counting the lines on a shell can tell you how long it has been around. Under quarantine, my cousin, a marine scientist, cannot visit the mollusks she is studying in Pōneki Harbour. Will they have grown another rich by the time she returns? Some of the world's earliest known writing was found on shells half a million years old. It is human to want to leave a mark, record our voices, document our stories. It's like being in a movie. But the lines on a shell are curved and uneven. The earth doesn't care about data or if the book stops being written. To document everything is to deny the present. To know the future is death. I read that disasters happen quickly and never really end. I read that the real catastrophe is to continue on as though everything is normal. Still, I long for the assurance of the sun going down, the promise of darkness followed by light, the sound of morning. Wait. Wait. Wait.
0: Wait. Seven Suns was created and performed by C. Francis Duncan. Artist in Residence is produced by Kate Pryor for arts and culture website, The Pantograph Punch. Made with the support of New Zealand On Air.